Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. I left that feeling like I was on top of the world, like I could do anything and I get here and it's like, "Oh no, you you got to work." Really fucking hard all over again. <laughs> This is the Improv Chronicle. I'm Lloydie. Moving your life to a new town or city is a big undertaking. There's a load to sort out when you do it. So, what's it like getting settled in a new city's improv scene? Let's get on an L train in Chicago. I'm Robbie Appleton. I'm from Tennessee and I moved to Chicago five years ago and I perform intermittently around town wherever a friend asks me to join in. I don't have a regular performance schedule. So you moved here for comedy, right? More or less, yeah. My family's from the area and so I was familiar with Chicago, but improv and comedy is really what brought me here properly. You came to a very different scene then to what has emerged after all of the lockdowns. Yeah, it was kind of like a shining beacon of improv. There were all these established theaters all over town uh, doing their thing. And now, you know, a lot of those places are running out of the backs of bars or running out of no place in particular. Uh, it's changed quite a bit. I mean, if the scene looked then like it does now, do you think it would have been as attractive for you to move to? Yes. Yeah, I think so. In fact, I think I kind of like the scene better right now than three years ago um, I don't know if that's a hot take but I like I found it hard to take to feel ownership over shows over theaters and now I'm seeing places that had had a spot for 10 years or, or something now are doing you know bar prov and I feel like I feel like my place and it's a little more important I feel like I have more control uh, as a member of the scene than maybe I, I did before when everything was so established and the kind of the kind of breaking up of uh, some of the big stuff and the rearranging of it has kind of I don't know given artists more ownership of their their art form. Maybe I mean maybe that's just my take on it, but I feel like I've always loved it since I got here. But I felt like when I, it was you know you had Second City and IO and CIC and the crowd and all these places had their established spaces and they had their histories, and it was not always easy to know where I would fit into that. Um, but now I feel like everyone's having to reevaluate what they're doing. And that means that like people who have just been here for the last couple of years have a chance to be a part of the rebuilding process. So you've been here five years. In another five years, what would you like the scene to look like? I would really like to see more small theaters. I feel like 
as COVID hit, IO and Second City had, had both been built into these giant things that an improviser in town knew they weren't the only game in town, but like that's what the scene looked like from the outside. It was Second City and it was IO. And now, I mean, you know that's not true, but I think now we have a chance to actually build it up to be like theaters all over town, LSI, you know, uh, CIC, Playground, you know, may come back in a new place. Uh, Lincoln Lodge is a stand-up place. They're doing some improv stuff now. Like, there are a lot of places all over town where you can get performance opportunities, and it feels a little more fragmented, but maybe there are opportunities for people to kind of buck the traditions and do new things. So from a train in Chicago, USA, to a car ride you were part of in the last episode in Sydney, Australia. Kale Bain is from Improv Theatre Sydney. Uh, I grew up playing in the Toronto equivalent of like the theatre sports scene both in high school and outside of high school and then just sort of came up Second City vibes in Toronto yeah and then you you moved to Sydney and then I moved here with my wife yes so what was it like navigating a like a brand new improv scene uh, what, were, what were the kind of familiarities but what also were the kind of challenges and differences I came here and it was primarily a theatre sports scene um, and it was people with a very good acting chops um, but they, they we had different like I had a different approach of the kind of openness and the kind of um, organic natures of improv that came out of a lot of the you know, early 2000s Herald stuff that that I had been doing at that time. Um, and I specifically wanted to play that more open, less handled, less structured type of organic play, um, which wasn't happening here. So I just started teaching people that and started putting on shows doing that. Uh, and... Australia is lovely, as Liam will recognize, because if you're not from Australia, they fucking love you. You are exotic. If you can say, oh, he's from Canada, or he's from the UK, or, oh, they're from, you know, Madagascar, or wherever, like, they, that, that has an appeal to people here. Um, so I was afforded the opportunity to start doing these workshops, and then put on shows, and then literally in an entirely selfish way because so I could play the style of play that I wanted to play. What were the... Because you came from Toronto and there is a, a theatre sports scene there, right? Mm-hmm. There, so mm-hmm. you must have... There must have been a commonality in some of the language, at least. And, sure, and some improv of the stuff. is improv. Um, but the theatre sports... The theatre sports scene in Toronto was... So, two things. One, the theatre sports scene here is actually genuinely competitive which is not a thing of what I experienced with theater sports in Toronto the theater sports in Toronto the, the competition was was faux competition was part of that like um, you know the, the Keith's ethic of like it's part of that kind of fake wrestling vibe but the other thing is that it was theater sports in Toronto was like a small um, like you know piece of the many pieced mosaic that is Toronto Improv like there was a lot of different parts to it and a lot of people actually didn't know what theatre sports was in Toronto as well Um, yeah 
So for me, um, and I'm listening to that and I'm thinking, well, I moved to a city and then discovered improv 15 years ago and thought, you know, why the hell haven't I ever been doing this all my life? But if I moved somewhere else, like I've, you know, I've built kind of a life around, you know, my, you know, my improv in, in Nottingham. Well, you know, what would I do? What What's the first thing you should do if you're moving to a new city? What advice would you have given yourself? Uh, go to shows, which is literally all I did. I just went to shows and like just chatted with people I mean now uh, I this is before social media too so um, now it's so easy where you can like beforehand just look up who people are and just message them and say hey I'm not from here I'm an improviser the number of people I have do that to me and say I'm not from here I'm an improviser I want to know about things and I'm like great let's go for a beer and uh, who who the fuck doesn't love to have a nerd chat about improv with somebody who comes from a different improv world this is a, that's a dream date for me um, and then you know the challenge after so there would always be like a hot first date which is I'm actually outlining our relationship yeah I did wonder whether like this is like Liam messaged you and was like hey I just want to nerd about if you message me or if somebody yeah, else messaged I, uh, maybe Elle put us in contact. Maybe. Um, but what, what will often happen is that there will be a hot first date and then a hot second date, which will be the show, which will be like, yeah, you you got, you got you talk the talk, let's see if you can walk the walk, in there, and then there will be shows. The problem after that is like maintaining, um, maintaining yourself because... You know, communities will often have uh, established relationships, and you're trying to just get time to play um, in and amongst those already established relationships, and you know those existing dynamics that happen in ensembles. Um, so, how to definitely do that is that's specific to different contexts. Yeah, that makes me think. There are a lot of places, you know, you could go to some cities where the improv scene is quite open and you can kind of get in, get on a team. Others, you know, some theatres have very strict level systems that you've got to go through. You've got to start with that level one because this is how we do the thing. Mm. Um, and kind of navigating that is going to be different city by city, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. That's, that's I, I, I hate to say this, but you've kind of, the latter of what you described is Improv Theatre Sydney. That's what we are. That's a lot of horns right now. <laughs> Did not expect a horn section. I bet yeah. you the person who also honked, the other person who have honked, was also not from Sydney. Is, is it quite polite on the roads here? It's gross. Yeah. It's just... It's too polite. And you have to let people know when you want something. <laughs> and from a car in Sydney to one of that city's very tall buildings and one of my close friends and collaborators. Liam Webber moved from Nottingham, where I live, all the way to the other side of the world, to Sydney, Australia. So we're currently at the top of the Westfield Tower in mm. Sydney, which is a very high point in the city. One of the highest points, possibly? I think, it, I think it claims to be the highest point, or the building claims to be the highest point in the Southern Hemisphere. I don't know how true that is. Well, it's freaking me out, is, is what's happening, so I have no idea if this is going to work as an interview or not, but... 
we used to improvise together all the time in Nottingham. We set up the Robin Hood International Improv Festival together. And then just a couple of days after that festival happened in September, you moved out here to Sydney for two years and you've come to a completely different improv scene from the one that you knew in, in Nottingham and we're in for you know like nearly a decade. So what have been the challenges of moving somewhere completely new and having to navigate a whole new improv scene? Um, I mean, it's uh, everything is the challenge, I guess. Like, right, you gotta, you gotta do it. You gotta re- rebuild your whole network um, from scratch, essentially. So when I moved here, I knew about, I think I knew two people in the city, which who've been fantastic. So Marcel uh, Blanche de Wilt and Elena Stankiewicz, they're both fantastic improvisers who I met when I was doing the intensive in Chicago in 2019. And they were really fantastic, and they, they introduced me to a lot of people and in the first few months got me a lot of opportunities to perform and meet people and invited me to the right, like, uh, rehearsals and jams and drop-ins and stuff like that. So... I was very lucky in that respect. I joined all of the standard, like, you know, improv in Sydney, Facebook groups, improv in... There's an Australian and New Zealand improv Facebook group, which I joined as well. And so through those, I managed to pick up on a couple of, like, opportunities to audition for groups or uh, just connect with people and find people to connect with. And, And really, I was just kind of chasing one connection to the next you know I would go to a show and meet people and then be like oh can I take you for a coffee and um, we would go and chat uh, and from that they would drop like five or six different names or like maybe one or two of them who I'd then find on the internet somehow and ask them if they wanted to go for a coffee and so I kind of like radiated out through that kind of thing just like meeting people uh, meeting friends of friends as well I took classes so there's a theatre in town called Improv Theatre Sydney and I took classes there as well so I I messaged them and was like hey I just want to get involved what's the best way and they said I'll just take one of our early levels classes so I wound up in a level 2 class there and I met a bunch of people through that and just got to kind of see and play in this style that's kind of prevalent here which is slightly different to what I guess I grew up with in Nottingham um, which has been quite nice and and quite challenging but I really just threw myself in at the deep end I think is the like TLDR (laughs) But you were also in Nottingham one of the leading lights of the scene you were one of the people that were putting on the big shows you were you know involved in a lot of the big kind of decisions in the Nottingham improv scene certainly the the big things that impacted it so how was it coming to a scene where you know you don't have the sway you don't have the influence uh you know it's a double-edged sword like it's been really lovely to get to play with people and just play and they don't have any like expectation or anticipation of what's going to be like to work with you and so you just get to kind of turn up and play and, and and that's quite fun and equally, like, to not have any, like, responsibility over, like, running jams, running drop-ins, running uh, a festival. Um, at- so, like, you reduced your admin load. Yeah, absolutely, which, which was nice. But the other side of that is, like, um, yeah, it's difficult because, because when people don't know you, you, you know, 
trying to find inroads with people can be difficult. Trying to find inroads with teams who are performing regularly can be difficult. Um, you know, a lot of the people here have been like who are playing. Uh, you know, for example, in the Improv Theatre Sydney Ensemble Group, which is kind of their kind of mixed cast of experienced improvisers, they've all been playing together for a billion years, and so it's quite difficult to break into those established groups without folks knowing you. And that's where Marcel and Elle were really great advocates of me early on. You know, like they really helped me make connections and meet new people who are like really willing to welcome me into the spaces. And that's kind of formed the basis of who I wind up playing with on a regular basis. But I, I would be lying if I said it wasn't a huge kick to the old ego <laughs> after about three weeks of being here. Or like, which is good, you know. It's it's good to get yourself checked, but it's difficult as well. Like, you miss playing with people you've played with for you know. I, in Nottingham, like I was playing with you for years. I was playing with. Uh, people in that group for yeah coming up on like you said at the beginning like 10 years and like even outside of Nottingham right I had these connections with people who I'd made over time and we would travel and play together and there were opportunities coming and we would work out ways we could get together at a festival and play or whatever and and you kind of lose all that when you're this far away sometimes it feels a little bit like it's two steps forward and one step step back you know you You'll have like I'll have three really good weeks where I'm where I've done a bunch of shows and um, played with people and maybe been invited to do stuff and then I'll have a month where I do nothing and and that's difficult, you know. I like to walk go from you know we organized a festival which was the biggest improv event that's ever happened in Nottingham. We had 120 performers from all over the world come to our city and we organized that and that was. An incredible achievement, and you left. I left that feeling like I was on top of the world, like I could do anything, and I get here, and it's like, oh no, you you got to work really fucking hard all over again. <laughs> and but that's great, and you know. But you also do get to come back to the festival in September. Yeah, for sure, and I, I, I feel very lucky that those. The nice thing, I think, the really reassuring thing is that your network elsewhere doesn't just dry up and go away because you're somewhere else right now now if anything i just feel more internationally connected listening to the three improvisers in this episode i was struck by how determined each one is in their own way coming to a new city is pretty daunting enough knowing that you want to break your way into something that's already established is a lot to put on top of such a move I mean, sure, there are loads of ways to get to play and improvisers tend to be super welcoming most of the time. But every city is different and every improv scene has conventions and structures that will differ from the place that you've come from. But I guess humans are pretty adaptable. And some might argue that improvisers even more so. The Improv Chronicle is produced and hosted by me, Lloydy James Lloyd. Help keep the podcast going by donating. There's a link in the show notes, along with a link to my newsletter too. Sign up and get the world of improv in your inbox. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.